Hi, I'm William Farmer. Welcome to Business, the Art of Winning. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't listened before, we've got some other episodes that you might want to tap into. This is a part of our series. We've been looking at meaningful conversations, difficult conversations. You know, as leaders, we have to make decisions. And uh, this is sponsored by Unleash Your Leadership Potential, uh, which is our Dale Carnegie program running here in Brisbane on November the 10th, 11th, 12th. Let's touch wood. I hope it is in person. We've been so fortunate here in Brisbane. If not, it goes straight online and you have a special opportunity with our organization to do it in person at a later date. Uh, So let's begin our topic, confident decision maker. You know what? Some people go to me, hey, Will, you know, I find decision making really tough. Have you ever thought about this, that a non-decision is a decision? It is a decision to make no decision at all. And so when we're looking at making decisions, when we don't make one, you are making one. And so that's one of the key things. You're always making a decision. By the way, one of the things that I've learned in my experience, no decision is my decision of the day. And it's interesting too, when I've had to wait, I'm going, you know what, I'm stressed. Um, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I've looked at the data. Uh, Look, it actually even says, Yes, I should move ahead, but there's a, this intuitive part of me that goes, hold off. When I haven't held off and I've made that decision based solely on the data, a lot of the times it's actually backfired on me. And so that's one of the key things I'm going to talk about today. How does intuition actually fit in with decision making? Should we even have intuition in our decision making process? So we'll talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to use give credit where credit's due. Uh, I'm, I'm the Managing Director for Dale Carnegie Australia. I've been in this space for more than 30 years. Trained over 35,000 people in the world famous Dale Carnegie course. And one of the second sections that we run uh, in that program is how to handle stress and worry. In fact, we, we talk about how to put stress and worry in its right perspective. So I'm gonna talk about one decision-making model that saved my bacon. Yeah, I was lucky enough, I wasn't actually lucky, I worked worked for it. Um, I was a young supervisor at the age of 19. And uh, I had five staff, and I was the youngest in the team. And one of the reasons why I got that particular role is I I tended to just be really tenacious, hardworking, and I had a boss that saw that and kept promoting me. Unfortunately, uh, some of my senior peers didn't like it. And because I was brought up in a military background, I was trained my way of the highway, right? So uh, a lot of my coaches, you know, I was lucky enough, I have three brothers and all four of us, because we were brought up in a military camp, really loved sports. We played rugby, rugby league, basketball, we swam, we ran. There's nothing else to do in a military camp, by the way. So it kept us busy. My father knew that. And uh, so he thought, teenage boys, keep them busy. And we were lucky enough to to have some of the best coaches. When you think about, um, uh, for those who are in the military or been in the military, you do have access to the best physical facilities and PT instructions. And a lot of those PT uh, trainers have represented their country or their, um, uh, like the the police or uh, in the the arms forces, they've represented high-end coaches who also have played the game at a very high level. So um, to give you an idea, um, I had that sort of background going on for me 
and none of it was suggestive, it was basically tell. So by the time I got to be a young manager at 19, I had an incredibly good model. What was it? Tell people what they need to do and tell them assertively. And I, it worked actually, because when you're actually enthusiastic and you wanna get the job done, uh, people do seem to be attracted to your skill. And after a wee while uh, of just telling people what to do, my way or the highway, it's a good idea as long as it's mine, uh, people started to get really offended. And <laughs> that's where my father said to me, you need to read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. One of the other books that is probably not as popular is actually a gem by Dale Carnegie, and it's How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. What's this got to do with decision making? The first decisions that we need to make and make every day by osmosis, either passively or assertively or non-decisions, uh, is actually our internal decision making. Uh, we, we decide when we get out of bed, you know, is it going to be a good day or a bad day? Oh, I'm really, really tired, really sleepy, Jesus, uh, is going to be a long day. And it's funny, you know, that mindset uh, really does make, uh, you know, some sort of effect on our decision making or whether it's going to be a prosperous day for us. So one of the four principles from how to stop worrying to start living that saved my bacon as a young uh, leader was this. What's the problem? That's the first thing. When you write that down, what's the problem? It allows you to take a lot of the emotion and just use the data. What is the, the, the data? What is the problem? And you know, that's actually one of the areas uh, that's going to take you the longest because a lot of it could be emotional, uh, it could be analytical, it could be market conditions. Uh, so let's break one down, right? At the moment, uh, a lot of us in business are struggling with the variables of lockdowns and the ripple effects that that has with our clients. So what's the problem? The problem is lockdowns is creating uneasiness for my customers to maybe buy my product or service. It's also disruptive uh, to my workflow and my team. So, so, so really defining what the problem is. And, you know, like I could go deeper than that. Well, the problem is, is I have no control of it and that's frustrating me. So now we're broken it down into two areas. Okay, so if I was looking at what the problem is personally, uh, I'm not in control uh, of the lockdowns and that's a problem. Okay, so that's emotional, right? Um, I might just work with that because I think for a lot of us, that actually could be something very real to us. So the next one is, what is the cause of the problem? Now, this is interesting. One of the causes is the government's legislation, and this is a, you know, a mandate that's uh, helping all Australians or Kiwis, if you're listening to me uh, from uh, uh, New Zealand. Or, hey, I had a look, uh, Danish and Jap Jap Japanese people are listening to us, as well as the people from the US, so whatever. Okay, what is the problem? Okay, uh, I have no control over these shutdowns, the creeping ripple effects. Uh, in my business, what are the causes? Government uh, mandates, uh, you know, collective consciousness in regards to everyone helping each other uh, in these uh, shutdowns. Uh, what else is the cause? Uh, the cause is, well, that's pretty much it, okay? My choice has been taken away from me, all right. So what's the possible solutions? Well, well, the first solution is I can't change government mandates. I just can't do anything about it. So that's the, that's the possible solution. Um, is to take myself out of that equation and realize 
This is something that I can't control, but what can I control? So possible solution, my mindset. Next solution, how do I utilize virtual business more effectively? Next solution, what are some of the products and solutions uh, that I can add value online? Next solution, what ways can I sustain my existing market so that they are thriving in a difficult uh, marketplace? So we just brainstorm lots and lots and lots of solutions. So what's the best solution, Will? Okay, so the best solution for me in this particular one, and I actually had to come to this for real time, is I had to let go of what I can't control. I actually had to mentally, physically, emotionally go, I have to let go, give it no more attention because it's not productive. And then my next part is, is work on ways of serving my customers so that they are able to thrive and engage and I reckon the rest will look after itself. Oh, that sounds like the best solution, go and do that then. And so that's one of the ways to make those internal decisions more effective for you, uh, is look at your world. What's really going on for you? What is the problem? What is the uh, causes uh, of the problem? What are the possible solution? What is the best solution? Those are the four models. What's the problem? What's the cause? Uh, what are the possible solutions? And then what's the best solution? Follow that model. Next uh, area that we use in our program, Leadership Training for Managers, we also highlight it in Unleash Your Leadership Potential, is absolutes and desirable. So when we're making decisions, we need to really look at what are my what's my criteria of this decision. Now this works with multiple uh, items rather than um, you know one item. Uh, but when you've got multiple items like different houses or different staff uh, that you want to choose, I actually do this uh, process when I hire any staff member. And so here, here's, here's how it works. So let's imagine that, uh, let's for instance, like Jordan's position, uh, she's our marketing expert. But what's my absolute criteria? So one of my absolute criteria uh, when I was looking at hiring someone like Jordan, who's our marketing person, was they have to be able, they have to have a real idea of how social media works. Uh, they have to use social media. Uh, they have to have a passion for improving their skills, not just in marketing, but on social media. Because a lot of our uh, customers and new customers do find us in that space. Plus, it's the weakest area of our business. It's not anymore, I would say it's probably one of our strongest areas, but once upon, about a year and a half ago, it was one of our weakest areas. So um, that was one of the other, it has to have the right attitude. What is the right attitude? Learner attitude. Has to have a proven record around a learning attitude. So that's based on their, their history. So, so what we look at here is, is what are the absolutes for that position? Then you've got to put the S acid test on. Okay, so you've got this marketing person, they've been in this space for like 10 years, they've got a fantastic proven record, but no social media skills. No, don't use it. Would I hire that person? Actually, no, because my absolute was that they had to have that background. And all of a sudden, it takes away any the fuzziness. Um, I've got someone who's really, really good at marketing, fantastic in social media, has their own platform. Um, unfortunately, they have an attitude of actually thinking that they're the only answer to everything. Do I hire them? No. One of my absolutes was they have to be a learner. So once you've covered all your absolute, absolutes, you then move into your desirables. So what are some of the desirables that I would love this person to have? 
Um, I'd like them to make sure that they have a driver's license. From time to time, they may have to go and visit clients. That would be a desirable. Now, for some positions, it could be an absolute. They actually have to have a driver's license and a car that's functional. Otherwise, you won't hire them. Um, what are some of the other absolutes? They need to be able to speak in front of groups. Might be a desirable because, you know, Dale Carnegie, a lot of people expect us to be good in that space. Now, for some of my colleagues from other offices, that will be an absolute not a desirable. And so one of the key things around decision-making is first of all, uh, point one, think about your own mindset. Uh, you can use that model uh, that can really help you with your mindset so that you can identify what your problem is, what the cause is, what the possible solutions and the best solutions. So that's Dale Carnegie's model and attitude control. Uh, and or you can use this other model of understanding what are the absolutes to your decision and putting the acid test in it. I really challenge the acid in regards to, is that real for me? Do I really need a learner in that, in that role? Don't I just need someone who's really, really good? Uh, and actually, I might even get my team. Uh, Emma might go, actually, well, we've had some uh, troubles with people who have already arrived. There's no room for them to open up. Plus, we're moving in a world that's exponentially change, changing. So if we don't have a learner spirit in our, in our team, I think it's going to be null and void. So sometimes I have my own blind spots, have my own bias. Uh, all of us have our own bias. And so if I need to, I'll even get um, some of my team who have less of a bias uh, to you know, contribute to those absolutes. So one of those things that we talked about in previous podcasts is know thyself as a leader. What type of leader are you? And uh, know your strengths and also be aware of your weaknesses uh, and allow other people who have strengths where you don't have strengths to contribute to that. So one of the other people that I might use is Darlene, who's our financial controller. Her job is to look after cash. Cash is king. Actually, cash is king, queen. And it's not cash, it's cash flow, remember? And so she'll bring a perspective around, hey, what are the implications to our cash flow if we hire this particular person? How can we escalate them so that they can grow because once you start to invest in people, you want to make sure that they stay longer. And if you haven't got a career plan for them, then that may actually hit a limit at some stage. So what are the absolutes? Then you move into what are the desirables? Hey, what are the things that I'd like them to be? I'd like them to be a, a good presenter. I'd like them to be maybe uh, motivating and you know have that energy. Whatever it is, that's a desirable uh, in your criteria. So those are two fantastic models that are offered in our Dale Carnegie program, which has had 9 million graduates. It's also offered in our next promotion uh, program, which is Unleash Your Leadership Potential, which will be run on the 10th, 11th, and 12th of November. What are some of the ways you handle all major decisions? So other things that you can use is what we call an affinity diagram. It's where we brainstorm, uh, our team brainstorm all the time. In fact, every single day we're brainstorming. Because we know that the collective uh, knowledge of the team is faster than the single. And it's not even about uh, who has the best idea. It's just really going for what I call idea fluency. Tons of ideas. And then what happens when you get tons of ideas, you might create a criteria. And that criteria is usually based on time, quality, and cost. Can we do this within the time that it's needed? Uh, what sort of quality are we trying to create? 
and what is the investment we're willing to pay if uh, we get the idea that uh, we should go ahead with. Now, you know what? I've had some brilliant ideas. It's just not been the right timing. And, you know, my staff get a little bit disappointed. Oh, well, but I gave you that idea. And I say, okay, so fitting our criteria and our strategic plan plus our budget, that is a brilliant idea. We're going to place it in the, the top of the list around about this time frame because that's when we will have the cash flow to be able to put that idea into place. So, you know, even when you have the best ideas to solve business problems, it's also gonna be in the right timing, enhance the quality of the business, otherwise, why would you do it? So it has to fit your strategy. So one of the reasons why a lot of people uh, would fail to make a decision is they sometimes fail to plan. They don't know what their outcomes are. They don't know what the direction is. And if you don't know where you're going, you're taking your team with you. And so that's one of the things that we would really encourage. Vision, purpose, plan. Now with that plan, break it down into those KPIs. Make sure they're aligned and that helps you become much more of an effective leader. So, hey, so just to recap, what are those four problem-solving questions that Dale Carnegie talked about in his famous book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living? What is the problem? It's you, usually. Uh, what are the causes? You again. And what are the possible solutions? Change you. And what's the best solution? Be involved and engaged in changing you. Have some fun with that. And the next one is, what is the absolutes? The absolutes have got to be absolute. Put the acid test in. What are the desirables? Make sure the absolutes are first before the desirables. Make sure your desirables aren't in your absolutes. Otherwise, you'll just go towards your biased. And remember, you don't have to do it on your own. You can get your team involved. So we've got a question before we conclude this uh, podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. So Jordan, our producer uh, from our conversation series, what was a question that uh, popped up uh, recently? Uh, yeah, so we did have a question come through based on our difficult conversations episode, uh, which was all about having those difficult conversations in work and in your personal life. And that question was, what happens if the other person just doesn't care? Yeah, actually, it was an interesting question. We had about 300 people uh, come on to our uh, webinar. We actually had to do two classes because it was so popular. And that was the question that popped up. Hey, what happens when the other person doesn't care? So first of all, um, here's a rule that I've, I've learned to live by, and this is something that's only taken me you know, ever, forever to actually apply, and that is um, don't take things personally. Now, we're, we're going to take things personally, obviously, because we're human beings. And uh, when we do have someone who doesn't get it, first of all, take away the emotion, don't take it personally. People do things for reasons. It may not be your reason, but realize that. That way, it allows you to take the emotion out and look at ways where you can be more inclusive. One of the things that we talked about is uh, don't use but or however when you're in conversations. Use bridge. Uh, and also start with evidence when you are communicating. When you use evidence first, and uh, so therefore I think it comes across thought-provoking and you're not trying to change the other. Because the other thing that I always go is, hey, how settled are you in this point of view out of 10? Now, if they're at a 10 and they're an adamant 10, one of the things I would probably suggest is, is not to try and change them because they're really 
on the extreme of that particular idea. You might ask, hey, what would it take for you to just to move slightly to a nine or an eight? What sort of evidence would have to be presented that that would allow? So that would be my suggestion, by the way, for those who have joined us uh, in those particular uh, podcasts and also webinars. Uh, there's some great tools around decision making. So, hey, thank you for joining us for this podcast, Confident Decision Making. Remember our program, Unleash Your Leadership Potential, coming up in November. Check us out online. Uh, if you want any uh, coaching or uh, uh, knowledge around what we're doing over the next uh, quarter, please uh, do uh, have the opportunity to connect with us. Hey, remember, just think about this. All decisions are a decision to either be proactive or to be passive. So if that's the case, make all your decisions conscious. Thank you, I'm William Farmer, Major Director for Dale Carnegie Australia. Have a great day.